today, the Lord of Faith, you should rejoice and be glad in it. Well, it's nice to see each and every one of you. Uh, my goodness, it's one of those days we woke up, you know, it's kind of like we're lethargic. The last couple of days it's been cold, and today it's going to get up in the 70s. You know, so some of us are like, I don't know whether I should put a sweater on or put a tank top on, you know. But welcome to Texas. And that's what they've always told me. If you don't like the weather, just wait a minute, amen. That's the way it is around here. So it is cold today and hot tomorrow, or hot today and cold tomorrow. You know what else that's like? It's like modern-day Christians. It can be hot, it can be cold. You know what? We need to get to being warm because when we're just this warm, bad things happen. All right, so good morning. Welcome, welcome, family. So the one of you who's visiting with us, we want to welcome you here this morning. As you sit up with the visiting card, you'll find in front of you. Place an awesome place so we can have a record of your visit. We greatly appreciate that. If you're joining us online, we want to welcome you as well. And as you consider being right here in the sanctuary with us, what God is doing, what can be back to church. Well, with that being said, I have a few announcements I want to share with you. Uh, number one, coming up this week, as you know, the youth will be living out to our winter youth camp. We're leaving out on Friday. We're going to meet in the church about 5, 530, uh, somewhere in that time frame. And we will be having dinner in the fellowship hall, a little quick dinner, a little small dinner. It's going to be pizza. And then we're going to get on the road and take off to... Glen Rose, so be in prayer for us. And if you're one of the happy families that are sending your campers out, not only are you happy about that, you're praising God for a day or two without the youth. Amen? <laughs> so pray for the workers, pray for the volunteers, and pray that God will do great things during that camp. So building a good relationship with those people out there in Glen Rose that seem like nice people. So looking forward to meeting them face to face. With that being said, uh, you've probably seen inside the slides that we have and on the screen, you've probably seen that we have an upcoming fundraiser. That's going to be March the 4th, Saturday the 4th. It's going to be at 5.30. Go to 7.30. It's going to be our chili cook-off. So that's right. You are challenged. And you are, you know what? Bring it on down, right? Come on. Bring it on down. You'll have to beat my chili, which is actually really easy to beat. <laughs> but come on and do it. It's going to be a lot of fun. And so uh, really and honestly, it's a fundraiser. So what we're doing is it's $5 to enter a chili, uh, excuse me, $7 to enter your chili, but you get to eat it as well. And of course, if you don't want to enter a chili, but just eat the chili, it's $5. And uh, we would buy hot dogs and buns and things like that for crackers and some drinks there to come and be a part of that. That'll be Saturday, March 4th, from 530 to 7.30. Support your youth in that. We have a lot of things going on in the youth group. We are actually getting ready to go in April to a senior country concert. We need fundraisers for that. And of course, we're also getting ready for our July summer camp. That's also going to be at Glen Rose and Southern Baptist Texas Convention. So please be in prayer for us. A busy, busy time for the youth group. We need a full-time working youth minister. So please be in prayer about that. It's a lot of fun, and it's a lot of hard work to uh, take the dedication. So please prayerfully consider being a part of that. or praying for us that God will send the right man for that youth ministry job. All right. To continue to look at your bulletin, you'll find that we have our OCC item of the month, and this, this time it's going to be accessories, and so uh, you can make it down and pick up some of those cheaply now to get in our OCC shoebox that's coming up this year. Uh, with that being said, I think that's all of our major announcements except for this afternoon. There'll be no evening services. That means there'll be no choir practice at 4.30. There'll be no evening services at 6 o'clock. That means why, but we are going to our association 
go with that. Uh, and you are still welcome to go if you want to do that. We're going to just call up there and say, oops. <laughs> so, uh, but you're welcome to do that as well. The meal is at 445. And uh, so we'll be leaving here about 3, 3, 15. We'll make it there. About a 45-minute, maybe an hour drive coming off traffic. I don't think there'll be a lot of traffic. And so uh, it's a nice and pleasant drive. It's, um, it, it, well, anyway, you can come on and be a part of that. We'll have a meal at 445. We'll have a business session at 530. We'll go into our evening worship at 6 o'clock. It'll be a revival-style service. So we'll have a guest preacher, one of our professional preachers, and then they'll put, they put together a praise team for several of the churches. And that should be a wonderful time. So come and be a part of that today. Uh, and we'll be leaving here about 3, 15, 3 o'clock. So that time frame. So meet here at 3. We'll pray together. We'll carpool. We'll caravan. We'll convoy. Whatever it is we're going to do, out of here together. So uh, that's where we're at again. I do have my three registered messages and votes on behalf of our standing back church. You know who you are. You need to be there. So uh, make sure you're there with that. Uh, I think that's it, except for our normal upcoming services. Uh, Monday night, Christ and Gentile Church will be canceled due to the holiday. And Tuesday, they will pick back up with maybe Bible study at 9.30 and 6.30. Wednesday night, we'll have regular service at 6.30 here. And of course, Thursday, men's uh, Bible study at 6.30. So, uh, and speaking of men's ministry, did you miss out on prayer breakfast Sunday? We had Saturday morning yesterday. Did you miss out on the blessing? Not only did we have bacon, eggs, Sausage gravy and biscuits. We had an outstanding message from an outstanding gentleman. Brother Jerome Holmes brought a great message. Yes, he did. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And he encouraged us and he convicted us in the fact that we need to spend more time with God as men. And if we spend more time with God, we'll find our families getting better. Amen. So it was a beautiful time. It was a beautiful message. And thank you for that. And thank you, God, for sending that message to us. All right, with that being said, Let's pray together and after we pray, let's please rise and welcome one another. Father, we come to you now in Jesus' name. I want to thank you for the opportunity to be in the house this morning. Bless us even now, Lord God, as we get ready to worship. And I pray, Lord, that we will worship you in Jesus' We've got in touch with this morning. Take hold of us, Lord. There's a revival going on in Kentucky. And Lord God, I want us to be a part of it. I want us to be in revival, Lord God. I want us to come to you and you alone. I want us, Lord God, to lay down our cares, our concerns, anything, Lord God, that's been keeping us away from you. I pray, Father God, that today would be the day that hearts would be broken, that spirits would be moved, Lord, that there would be rejoicing in your house. I pray, Father God, that you'd send a double, triple portion of your spirit upon each and every one of us, that we would worship. And not only would we worship, Lord, but there would be repentance and confession and rededication and renewal of salvation. Let great things happen, so we give you the praise, honor, and glory. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would y'all please rise and welcome one another.
said about this precious lady here. She just lived without my spirit.
is this faithfulness. Amen? Oh, my goodness. I love that song. Thank you for singing it. You blessed my heart. And if I stop right now, that'd be a good sermon. Amen? Some of you are like, it's time already. <laughs> good morning. It is a pleasure and a blessing to see each and every one of you. I was blessed. It's been my prayer for the last two weeks that the revival that's happening in Kentucky would come to Christ. So, he's here this morning, amen? You need Jesus. So I want to invite you this morning to get your heart right with him. If you need to get your soul right, he didn't get saved this morning. He needs to come back. Now it's about church. He is close to coming back. Amen. He's coming back. He's coming back soon. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for that blessing, Sister Sonia and Sister Nadia. God bless you in that. And uh, minister to you. Thank you for that. Well, if you have your Bibles with you, I'm going to be preaching the Doctrine of God. We'll be in chapter 14. Doctrine of John, chapter 14. How does this message? Big. Big. That's what I wanted to be when I was growing up. Was big. I did. I wanted to be tall. My big brother is six foot two and two hundred and forty pounds and once growing up he was solid muscle. Nowadays he's not quite so muscle anymore. But uh, I know I can say that because he's not watching this morning. I spent some time with him last night and uh, he is fifties in the country. I wanted to be big like him. I remember, first, uh, I went in, well, I think every Morrison, if you know me, it was some sort of right of uh, passage to play football, we were in high school football, and uh, we were expected to do that. So, that's one of the things I did not pass on to my children. I think you have to do something, but it does not have to be football. Um, anyways, uh, I, I remember seventh grade football, eighth grade football, ninth grade football, and I remember after my ninth grade season, I played the position that I learned to play with Scott Smith up in the middle linebacker. Oh, I was a good middle linebacker. I made the tackles, and I did my job quite well. Only bad news is, when I'm in zone defense, I could throw the ball right on top of me. I couldn't reach it. <laughs> but uh, my, my brother was a rather large individual, so he played the best tackle on the offensive line. The tackle has a very important uh, job. So, with that being said, they thought that I was going to grow up to be six foot two. What were they ever wrong? So, after that first season, uh, they pulled me aside and said, We're not going to play you as a linebacker anymore. You know, back in those days, Thompson Cubs did not run a four three defense and had a seven four defense, so we had two inside backers, Ben Sam and Mike. Uh, and that's what we called them then. I know every other team has different versions of that. We called them Sam and Mike in the middle. And uh, inside, Oh, yeah, y'all, we're going to see the finish, Popeye. And I'm not kidding you, for the next three years, I didn't have to buy a plate. I mean, a plate to put something from the computer. You're going to be, of course, my brother graduated, went on to play college football 
as a left tackle. I actually got moved to center and went to center to tight end. He played well. Uh, but they were still expecting me to grow and be a left tackle. Never did happen. Never did happen. So big is what I wanted to be. And nowadays, you say, well, Pastor, you got big in another way. But uh, I never did get tall. I never did get strong. I never did get big like that. That's what I wanted to be. Chapter has so many well known verses, so many of 
coach them all the time. I coach them all the time. Uh, doing funerals or sometimes even in weddings. But this one, in my father's house. You know it. On many months So or not so, I would have told you. You know, it's quite well. Jesus turns around and Thomas and he says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man cometh unto the Father but through me. How about this one? Another famous one from John 14. I will send you the helper. Or David Olsen, James, I'll send you the comfort. If you love me, you kept my commandments. How about this one? Peace. I mean, peace. Why does the world give it to God? My peace. Thank you. 
something more. Perhaps something that we might remember all the time. Little, small, even teeny, teeny tiny. I remember that you give me a age away. 1976. In the year 1976, a man boarded an airplane. He grabbed the stewardess, not that stewardess, but he grabbed the stewardess by the neck, he pointed a gun to her head, and he said, Take this plane to New York. This plane was in Seattle, Washington. He said, Take this plane to New York. She looked at that man with a gun, she said, We're going to New York. With that, he sat back down and sorry about that. Happened in the year 1976. That came out in a book in the year 1979 called The Book of Heroic Failures. In fact, he was the president of the Failure Club in Great Britain, and that book became an all time bestseller. And he had to resign his position for being the greatest false failure. He failed at being a failure. <laughs> That's the problem. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. That's the problem the majority of Christians have in their walk with God is we don't know what we're doing. We don't know where we're going. We don't know how we're supposed to get there. In fact, we don't know what on earth we're doing here on earth. And the problem is, is we're not thinking big anymore. We're thinking small. We're thinking about things that pertain to this earth when really and honestly we need to start thinking. Understand that really and honestly, all this is going to pass away. All these buildings, who are they going to be when the Son of God returns? Don't say who they're going to be. They're going to belong to Jesus. He's King of Kings. He's Lord of Lords. In fact, we know that when He comes back to His church, we're going to be with Him. Look at me in John 14 2. Not to skip ahead and not to get into any preaching there, but John 14 2. In my Father's house are many mansions. Many rooms, if you have a modern day translation, you have to say both of them are very, very correct. In my father's house are many rooms, because they were not thrown so I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you as my own. He knows that one of these days that we're going to be with him. At least I hope so. If you can't say that this morning, then let me tell you right now, I'm happy to be here. I am preaching. You, you're online this morning and you can't say that. I'm preaching What do we do after the What do we do after the day? You've heard pastor after pastor. You've heard preacher after preacher, preacher after preacher, evangelist after evangelist, stand up and say, Go and seek and save the lost. You've heard them say, Pray and pray and pray. You've even heard someone stand up and do this. Occupy until he returns. What do we do until Jesus comes back? What do the Bible tell us we can do? The Bible tells us we need to be 
doing it on our own. God expects us just to be doing it. That's true. In fact, when we see a lost person, we're supposed to be preaching to them. That is a give me. That is not a wait for the Holy Spirit to tell you. No, no, no. They're lost. You witness. That's it. That's not good. They're supposed to be. So that's where our work comes in. Like John 14, 1 tells us to do, believe in God. And let me tell you, that it's kind of a, an old point phrase. You've got to believe in God, right? Just have faith. You ever said that before? You've got to have faith. We even wrote a song about it. You've got to have faith, faith, faith. You're not singing with me. We talked about this through the years. You're not singing with me. First thing we need to do, though, we're going to start taking big, is what Jesus told us to do. Let not your heart be troubled. Are you one of those this morning? Now listen to me. Are you one of those this morning? Are you out there online and you've been sitting there in your pews or sitting there in your living room on the couch and everything that comes to your mind, everything that comes to your heart is, oh, whoa, poor, pitiful me. Are you one of those that can't ever get healthy? Are you one of those that can't get right? Then you need to understand that it's not about what's going on with you. It's about what he did. Word of conviction. That means you're the one who lets it happen. Are you hearing me this morning? Am I preaching to the choir or am I preaching to the congregation? You're the one that lets it happen. In other words, when our heart is troubled, it's because we let it get troubled. You're the one that did it. You let it happen. You're saying, I didn't let that bother me. Yes, you did. You're the one that let that happen. You allow it And if you allow it to happen, then you've got a choice in the matter. Are you with me this morning? You've got a choice in it. There are things that we have the ability and the choice to not let bother us. You know what one of them is? Are you ready for this, guys? We do not have to let the fact that the Dallas Cowboys were not in the Super Bowl bother us. We do not have to let that bother us anymore. You do not have to let the fact that your party of choice is not in the White House. You do not have to let this world Falling apart bother you. Why? Because this world is not our home. You don't have to let it bother you. You've got a mansion just over the hilltop. And it's time we start living and thinking big instead of living and thinking small. You do not let that happen. You got a choice. Now, as we start looking into what we mean by letting off. I want you to think of Thomas as a whole person, a whole man. I know there's all kinds of theologians and all kinds of people out there, and they will side me, and that's okay. In it, well, you know, man is mind, heart, body, soul, or, you know, we have all kinds of pictures of that. Man is the Trinity, mind, spirit, and soul, or mind, heart, and spirit. I love you with all that I am. In fact, that's what I get from the Greek 
that I read in here uh, this morning. What I read was cardia, and that word means heart, like we get cardiac arrest from it. It means heart. It's where our seat of emotions are. It's not necessarily the muscle like that. Even though that's exactly the word you use. So it's implied here where your emotions are. In other words, we took cancer just let not your emotions be troubled. Let them not get bothered. You got a choice. Check this out. You have a choice. Let's take a look at some scriptures that kind of back up and support our ability to choose. Now, I've been listening on Friday and I have a lot of fun preaching to them. I always do, and I want to invite you. If you've been listening out on a nurse home service, get there. It's a blessing. You say, well, what do we do now without Sister Utana? Sister Utana's not playing the piano for us, and she's not feeling well. But you know what? Lo and behold, let not your heart be troubled. We had a guy show up with a guitar. Praise God. Amen. Let not your heart be troubled. Because I thought I was going to be singing a cappella. Now, the truth is, is everybody sings in there. They all sing, and when everybody's singing, a lot of sins are covered. Don't you? So let's take a look at Joshua put it like this as he spoke to the Israelite people. He said, Choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods after the flood or whether you will serve the Lord. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You have a choice. You have a choice. We're not going to let your heart be Captain Tom, you say, You know what? It ain't bothering me anymore. I'm going to put it behind me, walk away from it, let God deal with it, because it no longer matters to me. Incidentally, when it's no longer yours, it doesn't matter, does it? That means you've got to give it to God. Look at me in Genesis 4, verses 6 and 7. Once you can look at Cain and Abel's gift. Like I said, I was preaching on this at the nursing home, and I had a lot of fun with this. I want to invite you to come out here and be a part of that. That's on Fridays at 10 o'clock. There's a hundred different ways to get involved at Robinson Avenue Baptist Church. That's just one of them. Come on and get involved in that. You may leave in the morning dragging your feet saying, oh, my goodness, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. It's my day off. You know what? When you leave out of there, you'll be clicking your heels. Come on and be a part of that. Genesis 4, 67, the Bible says, So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why is your countenance falling? If you do well, will you not be accepted? In other words, if you have chosen to do that which is right, if you grab a hold of the righteousness and start living in righteousness, then you will be accepted. And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. Now, let's hear it on that part of the verse. Its desire, sin's desire is for you, but you should rule over it. You're supposed to. You have the authority. You have the ability. You've got the capability. The problem is, is we oftentimes let it trouble our hearts. Have you been letting it trouble you? Have you been letting it trouble your life, trouble your marriage, trouble your relationship with God? Do you let it trouble your job? Do you let it trouble anything around you? You know what? You're supposed to start ruling over it. You are. You're the one that should step up and say, I'm taking authority over the situation, and we're not letting that sin back into my house, back into my life, back into my family. All this done is bring heartache, heartbreak, and ruin into my family. You. And here's God speaking to Cain. Cain, the firstborn born after the sin. If anybody should have known something about sin, you think it'd be Cain. Boy, you said his amen in the Baptist church. 
Cain's going to know something about it. You think he would have heard every horror story in the world from his daddy, Adam. He said, boy, don't do the stupid things I've done. Being a normal boy, he said, Dad, what would you do? He said, I walked away from the Lord. I said, it's okay when it weren't okay. I said, it's harmless when it wasn't harmless. I said, it's innocent when it wasn't innocent. And what did it do? Ruin. believer that has a born-again, blood-bought redeemer, a child of God, someone redeemed by the redeemer, then you have the ability to turn around to the devil and say, get thee behind me, thou art an offense unto me. You've got the authority to say, hey, I don't want to see your smiling face around here. Get out. You're not bothering my heart. You're not bothering my family. You're not bothering my marriage or bothering my church anymore. My heart will no longer be troubled. Take authority over it. Look at me at Psalm 42.5. This is King David here. King David speaking to a soul. Remember now we're looking at heart like it's a whole man here. He says, why are you cast down, oh my soul? He's actually speaking to himself. You ever woke up in the morning and you just felt like you needed to have a cry and you felt like everything was just going wrong. There was a ton of bricks on your shoulders. This is King David. David, whoever, if anybody ever had a reason to feel that way, it was David. Let me tell you something about King David. I love King David. David had a hard life. He had an exceptionally hard childhood. And on top of that, when he started becoming successful, his own father-in-law kept trying to kill him. That dude right there had every reason in the world to be depressed. Amen. King David did. But this is what he says right here in verse 5. Saul, why are you downcast? Why are you disquieted within me? And he tells his soul what to do. Hope thou in God. You know what, Christian? You know what, child of God? You need to stop thinking small. Start thinking big. Believe in God. Take authority over it. Tell your soul, hope in God. And you know what? Rule over that situation. Listen to what David said.
people will come up and say, God didn't want that to happen. You know what that really means? Was I didn't want it to happen. <laughs> God wanted that to happen. What does that mean? That means I wanted it to happen. Really what you're saying is, I'm God. Isn't that funny? They hate me that way. But they'll do that all the time. It didn't happen that way. God told that guy no. No, you told that guy no. And you are not God. My Bible says, let not the sight be called. In fact, it says, don't allow it. Don't allow it. Let not your heart be troubled. I've often wondered why Jesus would say that. John chapter 14. We've got all kinds of background happening here. You know what happened in John chapter 13? We've had some amazing things happen, but the one that comes to mind most of all is where Peter has just been blessed, and Peter has just been commended by Jesus, and now he gets to Jesus. So he comes around and he grabs Jesus. We can't let this happen. No, the Son of God can't go to Jerusalem to die. Get you behind me. God will put this in the Your mind turned on the things of God and on the things of the world. Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah spoke in 17 verse 9 that a house is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know? But you know who can know the heart? God does. And Jeremiah answered that question in chapter 17. God can know the heart and he searches the heart and he is one who looks for righteousness in our lives. However, the point is this that sometimes we can trust our hearts to the point where we're no longer listening to God. So what do we need to do? What are we supposed to do? We're going to be thinking of doing We've got to not let our hearts be troubled. And hearts can be troubled in a couple of ways. They can be troubled by what's happening around us, and they can be troubled by our own thoughts and desires. That's what evidence by Jeremiah 17. So what are we supposed to be doing? Or we're supposed to be thinking big. What did Jesus say? He said, believe in God, believe also in me. Everybody knew what I thought that went hand in hand, didn't you? That should have went hand in hand. Believe in God, believe also in me. So it does. Now I want you to look at something. So it's Most of you probably won't be able to read that very close. Out there, that's in Greek. And it is one of the most interesting John is not known for his overly scholarly use of the Greek language. If you want that, you should read Luke, or better yet, the Apostle Paul. My goodness, he was wonderful. But John is no oak, and he's no dump in the world. Here's what he says. We are Christian, we mourn in Kadion, we cemetery in Kadion, I'm going to give you my translation of it, right? From my Greek New Testament. It says, Not troubled your heart, you do. Sounds like Yoda, doesn't it? Not troubled your heart, you do. You believe in God. And then to me, believe in Jesus. That's how I was saying. That's how I was Those two birds in there. Present active indicative in the Greek language is a mighty, wonderful thing. 
that means it's right here, right now, and it's never going away. Presence. It's presence. I love Greek verbs because they can be standalone sentences. Let's just stay on that word. We're looking at right now. It's seven believe. So if I put a, a verb with a singular masculine ending on it, it's devote, I mean, I believe. I believe. And it's a standalone sentence. I believe. He's devoting. You may believe. But yet, you believe it's imperative. The double, you believe it's almost a command. That's the reason. It's imperative. It's evil. But there's something else.
because we still quote it on occasion, even though it's losing its popularity, but it's still there. Are you ready for it? Because what Jesus is saying here is when life bothers you, when your heart starts troubling you, when your faith starts trying to raise a head of doubt, you need not be troubled in your heart. You need to stay in believing because, listen to me, Christian, when the going gets tough, then the tough gets going. Amen? That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's what this verse is all about. You're going to face tough times. You're going to face questions. You're going to face moments of doubt. But you need to keep on believing. You need to start thinking big. Believe in God. And that's what it means. Yeah, the rock. I love that question. 
phone was ringing. Someone was banging on the door, and the kid was crying. And she ran into the bathroom and unboxed the child down the stairs. Take me away. I thought, someone's going to take you away. Take me. Let not your heart be troubled. I am giving you my doesn't come until he goes, what do you think happens to the Spirit when he comes back? You know what that means? I know you know what that means. Some of you guys out there starting to celebrate right now, kidding me, say, he's going to save, he's going to save, he's going to save. Let me tell you what it means. It means that when he comes back, he's going to pull the Spirit out of the world, and those that have the Spirit living inside of them are going to rise up in the sky to meet him. That's the rapture, and I can't wait to go. Hallelujah. Woo-hoo. Believe in God. In God, do you believe this morning? Jesus said, You believe in God, believe also in me. I know all your life you've been saying that. Believe in God, believe in God. Well, believe in me. Believe in me. What did Jesus tell us to do? I'm coming back to you. I'll never leave you once you turn to you. 
question for you just over the hilltop. What did Jesus say? He says that I will forgive you. What does Jesus say? He says, I am willing. What does Jesus say? He said, I can fix that. I can heal that. What does Jesus tell us? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Many years ago, Pastor Ian Oldham, a young man, visited us. At the end of service, he stood up and he said, You need to tell me. One man died, and that's going to be enough for God to give the whole thing. So how can that be? Well, I love questions like that. I love those questions. Let me tell you that. Because in him was no sin. He was perfect. And so if you were to take all of humanity from Adam to right now and put them in a balanced scale and put Jesus on the other side, Jesus would outweigh us. He is that perfect. He is that righteous. He is that holy. And His blood is that precious. His blood from one man is enough to forgive all the sins in the world. He can forgive you. He can change you. He can rearrange you. Let not your heart be troubled. Amen? That's all I want to continue to say. I'll see you in the next time. Okay, I need to be a Christian. If you forgive me, you've already heard me. Will He take you? You've already heard me. He will. And He works with you. Baptized. God's calling you something else to become a sinner and to be saved Come to me in Jesus' name, Lord. Thank you for your word. Your word is quick and it's powerful when it's tougher than me to live for. And it's my prayer, Father God, that you take charge right now in this time. Is there anyone that needs to come to know you? Anyone that needs to get their heart right with you? Is there anyone, Lord God, that needs to become a Christian and just say, Get in there? We give you the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. If you come as we see, there is noon at the cross. Morning in the
Okay. 
so I'll be here at 4 to 5. And while we're praying, while we're praying for that, pray for me as I go to Houston. Now you know why it's imperative that I have a secretary. Amen? He takes care of my schedule. You can ask Monica about that. All right. Let's close in that word of prayer. But first thing I'll do is bring up the book of Adam. you know that Adam, he is a part of a lot of things. He's involved in a lot of things. When Adam comes this morning, he says, I'm the director of the He says, I'm saved. I'm baptized. I'm not born again. I'm not a leader. So he is saved and he's dedicated his life to Jesus. He's going to support him in there. Pray for him in there. He's going to So make sure you come by and hug his neck. That's all. What do you mean? Let's close in that word of prayer, and I'll meet you back at the back of this. Y'all come on up and hug Brother Adam. So I'll ask you.